the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, some of us are cutting edge, some of us are not cutting edge. So, just before we started doing this episode of the PowerCast, Chris tells me he's reading a magazine. Now, that may not seem so unusual, but I have a feeling here in 2015, it is unusual for people to read magazines, for people to read books and magazines. Well, it's actually a catalog. So, you know, I do get them from time to time in the mail, but but I do do, uh, occasionally read magazines. Uh, Of course, I write for the World Explorers uh, magazine. And I do the Crypto Corner feature every issue. And I like reading Nexus, uh, Atlantis Rising uh, is another one that I read occasionally. You know, sometimes uh, I'll stumble across some music magazines like Mojo or some of the, uh, I like the European, the English ones. But more and more of my information is coming from the net, like everybody else. And uh, unfortunately, I think the, uh, the heyday of the magazine and newspaper is long past. Yeah, it's hard to look at these magazines that are cutting out the print versions. Of course, in the computer business, PC World magazine, I believe, stopped the print version last year. And some months later, Mac World magazine stopped the print version in the U.S. In the U.K., there's still a printed version. But this is where things are going. Obviously, the immediacy of the Internet is an excellent factor, The fact that a story could be wrong and corrected on the spot or that new information could be added. And certainly you don't have the space constraints of print where a magazine article may have to be 600 words, for example. But you need a thousand words to tell it. But online, if the publisher has the budget, okay, do a thousand words. The Internet is the great equalizer because you don't need a million dollar or a billion dollar publishing combine to get your stuff out in print, you just need a blog, a free copy of WordPress, and you may or may not gain traction. Uh, you may or may not. And if you don't, you'll go back to your day job if you have one. Exactly. In yes. any case, I was thinking here as if we were editing last week's episode with our guest, Mr. Rojas. He is one fascinating gentleman, and he seems to be less acceptance of things than I might have felt from the choice of guests over at the International UFO Conference. Yeah, you know, he's kind of between a rock and a hard place, really. I have a sense that, um, you know, they they have to tread that line of getting good quality speakers, you know, who actually are presenting relevant uh, cutting-edge research, and yet making sure that at least some of the speakers have a big enough draw factor to put butts in the chairs and they do have 1500 chairs to fill there and and it's not it's not an inexpensive event to to uh, put on so they do kind of run the risk of which i think back in uh, for instance in 2012 they had some of the more yahoo type folks there that uh, i personally uh, had some problems with stan romanek stephen greer people like that I really think uh, don't deserve the amount of attention and notoriety that uh, that they they have uh, myself uh, personally. That's my feelings, but I, I think it's it's important to note that this year you don't see any of that sort of grandstanding type presenter 
uh, on the on the roster of speakers, and um, I'm, I I think it's a very it's a very good uh, well rounded lineup, and and I applaud them. Of course, <laughs> we have Jaime Musan. Obviously, he's a little questionable. I don't think Jaime's there this year, is he? He's on the list. Oh, is he? he oh, I if you I go to ufocongress.com, and by the way, this episode will be heard on the final day of the event, I believe, or a day or two before the event ends. And if you look at the second row of speakers, Jaime Musan, Richard Dolan, and some character named (laughs) O'Brien. You know, I didn't, I haven't been to that, um, that particular page in, in quite a while since actually, since I was announced, uh, Okay, well, um, I, I stand corrected. I, I, you know, again, I did see Jaime's uh, presentation in November, and like I said, he did have, uh, there was a number of clips that he had that were just jaw-droppingly important. I mean, very, very good, just real head-scratchers that, that passed my smell test. And and he had a few others that you scratch your head and wonder, <laughs> why did he have them there? Well, the majority of his shots were... Uh, were equivocal and and there were us obvious obvious hoaxes uh sprinkled in there too as well i think i think the ones that that are the most difficult to really ascertain what they are are obviously the nighttime lights uh those types of things um, there was a number of chinese lanterns uh, that were obvious to me i think there were some drones uh lit up that were flying around and we're going to be seeing more and more footage of objects at night well, yeah. during the day, you'll see the Amazon drones very soon, you know, delivering all your merchandise through Amazon Prime or Super Drone Prime or whatever they do when they get those services running. Wow. That's just hard to believe. I mean, gosh, we're in the 21st century, aren't we? Well, I'm thinking of the scene in the movie The Fifth Element when you first see the row upon row of hover cars. Right. And such a gritty neighborhood. I think the special effects on that film are probably the best because it makes it feel as if you're in a real world. As wacky as the dialogue is, as wacky as some of the scenes are, the actual effects of living in a very crowded society several centuries hence seem so realistic. Why are we talking about that? The other thing that impressed me, by the way, by <laughs> why are you talking about it? Don't don't lump me in on that. I'm like scratching my head, going, "Where where did that come from?" Sounds like the old Tanto joke. What do you mean, we Kimosabi? Anyway, he's just going to let me hang in the wind and swing there until I rise or fall. And if I had a hover car, I'd be rising, of course. But let's get back to last week's show with Mr. Rojas, and the one thing that did interest me and impress me is his very realistic approach to UFO abductions. I thought he had a lot of interesting information there, especially about hypnotic regression. We mentioned that in the After the Paracast episode for last week's show. So I would refer you to that to get more of our insights. But the point is here that I don't see how it's even possible to use hypnotic regression to enhance one's memories of a UFO abduction incident, especially if you have no conscious memory. It doesn't work. I don't see how it could. Well, well, you know, again, I, I just, there's so much work that needs to be done in that arena. And anyone that's, that feels that they are having these types of experiences, they should definitely go to someone, a psychologist, and 
who doesn't have an interest in the paranormal, in UFOs and aliens that, that has no experience dealing with it. <laughs> because if you get somebody that's of an opinion one way or another, it's going to adversely affect the quality of your care. And if you got to get yourself hypnotically regressed, make sure that the, the, the regressionist doesn't know why you're there. You know, for instance, uh, there's just, you know, and, and Alejandro brought up some very good points, you know, being someone that, um, you know, has a degree in psychology, um, has uh, was certified as a hypno hypnotherapist. Uh, he brought up some very good points that the, the human mind is incredibly malleable in certain relaxed states. And, and you know, I, I can't stress enough how important that is to remember, especially if you're someone that th feels that they have been victimized in the manner that uh that we're describing so you know do the right thing you got to be careful in 15 seconds or less chris o'brien tell us about our guest this week well dr john brandenburg is an amazing guy he's uh, a plasma physicist uh, he's 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 worked at some of the national labs uh, he's an incredibly bright guy he's come up with some mind-warping revelations about a possible nuclear war on Mars. This is going to be a fascinating episode on the Paracast, and I, I just can't wait. This is going to be so much fun. Yes, indeed. Dr. John Brandenburg coming with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Hi, this is Steve Spillum for Midas Resources. In 1971, President Nixon took the United States off the gold standard and put us into a fiat currency. This allowed Congress and the Federal Reserve to create trillions of dollars out of thin air. The national debt has risen to incredible heights and your hard-earned dollars buy a small fraction of what they once did. The average life expectancy for a fiat currency is 27 years. The dollar is failing and on borrowed time. When currencies fall, people turn to gold and silver because gold and silver have been real money for more than 5,000 years. It is our mission at Midas resources to help you preserve your capital. Don't let your personal savings shrink to nothing. For important free information on how you can protect your personal wealth, contact me, Steve Spillum, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Call today while we are still accepting dollars for gold and silver. 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Make a change in your financial security today. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. What good is a big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. You're on the Paracast with Gene and Chris. We've got Dr. John Brandenburg. Joining us in a moment about his new book, Death on Mars, which has nothing to do with the TV shows called Life on Mars. We'll get to that in a moment. But first of all, we've added something new to the Paracast Plus. That's our special feature where you get the version of the Paracast free of the network ads. 41 minutes of network ads are cut out. You get the After the Paracast podcast and all that. And people have been saying to us, we'd like an easy way to know when a new episode is up, you know, like they call it an RSS feed, which notifies them about the episode or they can download it in a podcast app like Downcast for iOS. Well, we've got a preliminary version of that feature out now that you can access from the, as they say, premium area of our Yay! forums. Yay! Hopefully it'll be complete and fully debugged by the time you hear this episode. In any case, to learn more about the Paracast Plus and how to subscribe, go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. We have Dr. John Brandenburg here, and his latest book is called Death on Mars, The Discovery of a Planetary Nuclear Massacre. Now, Dr. Brandenburg, thanks for coming back on the show. So let me look at the obvious implications of the title here, and that is, <laughs> A nuclear massacre is obviously something that we had Martians years ago, billions of years ago, and they destroyed themselves? Actually, that's not what it looks like. We have 
first of all, scientific evidence, uh, nuclear data, uh, spectroscopic data from the surface of what appears to have been two enormous nuclear weapon explosions. And the isotopes give weapon signature. That's how we know that they were weapons. And they went off in midair, you know, like Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And then if you look, where are the locations of the uh, the ground zeros of these two enormous explosions, they're directly downwind of them where the shock waves and the um, fallout would have been most severe is Cydonia Menza and another place called Galaxis Chaos, which has another face on Mars, as it turns out there. It looks a lot like the first one, slightly smaller. And all of that is shown in the book, the most recent photographs of these sites confirming that this is what looks like eroded archaeology. It looks, however, though these weapons had to have been basically dropped from space. And the if you look at the new pictures taken by all the latest probes of Galaxis Chaos and uh, Cydonia Menza, this looks like a primitive civilization. It looks like Bronze Age. There's no airports. There's no freeways. There's no nothing that we would associate with an advanced civilization. It looks like uh, ancient Egypt to the Mayans or something. So you basically apparently had an indigenous culture on Mars, dating from a time when Mars was more Earth-like. And it developed its own intelligence, uh, who apparently looked a lot like us, built things that look like us, that look like we build. And then for some reason, somebody came along and nuked them with a planet burner, two planet burners. The uh, biggest explosion looks like it was caused by a bomb as big as the Empire State Building. Before like we move on here, Empire John, State you know, I've, I've got to stop you. And, sure. And, <laughs> for, you know, we, we have know, a reputation a, here on the show of, of you know, trying to ask tough questions here. And I, having read the book, um, you're making some pretty um, definitive statements here. And right. I, I think we're getting uh, the cart ahead well, of the Well, it, you know, it, speaking scientifically, it is, of course, hypothetical until we've actually proven it. Right, However, yeah, because we yeah, don't have any solid, evidence whatsoever that's been publicly evidence. acknowledged that, that any sort of intelligent life or, or, or complex life existed on, on Mars. Yeah. But let's let's go ahead and, and, first of all, before we get into your you know hypotheses about you know possible motivations for these events, let's look at the science first about how we know that something catastrophic happened on Mars. Um, right. You know, I mean, we're, we're talking about a planet that we're finding out more and more now um, as uh, each each month that goes by, basically. We're finding out more and more. But why don't you address the layer of radiation and some of the science that um, has been withheld from the public? Because you're not a Martian <laughs> rocket scientist. No, you're a I'm scientist not. of a different stripe. And why don't you explain, first of all, give our new listeners uh, who perhaps weren't here when you were first on a couple of years back, uh, give them a sense of how you got interested in this subject to begin with and how you stumbled on some really sensational information that has, has not been divulged by the, by the folks at JPL and, uh, and at uh, NASA and other places. Uh, it it kind of give us a sense, set the stage a little, little bit before we go too far into, into your theories. Well, the, the book I wrote is a kind of, partly autobiographical. It's an account of a young scientist just out of graduate school with a bright, shiny PhD, arriving at another, uh, and I went to school at a nuclear weapons lab where we were trying to harness fusion energy for uh, 
for the benefit of mankind. And part of what I studied there was laser fusion, which is trying to miniaturize the hydrogen bomb. The, the motivation for laser fusion is the hydrogen bombs work. If we could just make them little tiny things as big as a uh, aspirin, then we could uh, set them off with lasers and harness power that way. So part of my schooling to get my PhD was I was studying laser fusion. And to do that, you need to have a, a basic working knowledge of how nuclear weapons work because you're trying to basically emulate that success on a large scale and, you know, make it a micro-sized thing. So I arrived at my new place of work, which was another government lab called Sandia Labs in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I arrived there with, you know, basic knowledge of how nuclear weapons worked and everything like that, even though I had never worked on them directly. We were in the middle of the Cold War. This was 1982, and the Reagan era had just begun, and uh, the Cold War became very intense. And people at the labs, interestingly enough, had a kind of blasé attitude about nuclear war. They, they saw nuclear weapons being carted by on trucks every day sometimes and uh, at Sandia Labs because they were being stored in a mountain out in the desert called Manzana Mountain. So they, they were kind of used, they kind of had this idea that, as they described it to me, uh, that the nuclear war broke out. They were going to get the wife and kids and head for the hills, and everything was going to be fine. <laughs> they felt that, like they controlled the nuclear fire, and so therefore it wouldn't burn them. And what happened was when we were there, the nuclear war scare was getting kind of intense. Remember the day after, the movie Day After came out? And, and um, then what happened also was because of a dust storm on Mars that had covered the entire planet of Mars uh, from pole to pole back in 1971 during the Mariner 9 mission, Sagan, had, Sagan and some other group, uh, a group of scientists, had analyzed this uh, spectacular dust storm on Mars that covered the entire planet for six months. Let's explain what happened next in our follow-up segment with Dr. Sure, John sure. Brandenburg. We're talking about death on Mars with Gene and Chris. Alive on Earth, I think you're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Hi, this is Larry Smith. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. 
When the cleaners ruined some special clothing, all they could do was show us a sign that said they weren't responsible. But when they got the letter from one of our Legal Shield attorneys, he promptly gave us a check for $1,152. Worry less and live more with lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. This is Tim Austin, Senior Vice President of Kmart. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. As a business leader, I know that babies born very sick or too soon cost businesses billions of dollars each year. That's why Kmart is committed to raising funds through our employees, customers, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV the Freeze Dry Guy presents Freeze Dried Turkey, Freeze Dried Ham, and the No Bake Casserole Unit February Sale. Listen, if you trust the Freeze Dry Guy, as thousands have for their emergency food supply since 1970, don't wait to hear how great this deal is because it's unlimited supply. Call 866-404-3663 and ask for our new Turkey and Ham Unit. Normal retail price $359.94, sale price $251.94. You save $108, and it's chock full of high-quality, great-tasting freeze-dried diced turkey and ham from Mountain House. The gold standard and long-term storage products or get the freeze dry guys no bit casserole unit 153 servings per case at normal retail price of 215.94 sale price 172.75 you save 43.19 but supplies are limited and we always pay shipping right to your door within the lower 48 states call 866-404-3663 and make freezedryguy.com a favorite and check for monthly specials don't miss the freeze dry guys february sale call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com Jacques Vallée, you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Gene and Chris are live on Earth. Dr. John Brandenburg wrote about death on Mars. We're going back to the 70s, the six-month-long dust storm on Mars. Right. Let's move on. Yes, and uh, this dust storm uh, really got everyone's head scratching on at JPL, and they suddenly realized that such an occurrence could occur on Earth in the event of a nuclear war, that you could get a, a smoke and dust in the Earth's atmosphere that would just stay up there for six months, and you would have a nuclear winter. So the nuclear winter came from Mars. 
studies of Mars. What happened at the nuclear lab where I was working, I was working on directed energy weapons. We were trying to shoot lightning bolts through the sky, make them fly straight. A wave of depression went through me, my, my co-workers because suddenly they realized that, as, as my office mate, in fact, told me, he says, I used to think I was going to, if the nuclear war started, I was going to drive home, get my wife and kids in the car, head for the hills. Now I'm just going to get up on the roof with a six-pack of beer and watch the whole thing go, he says. <laughs> I, like I, I asked him, I said, what Dr. kind of beer Strange do you think you'd be drinking? <laughs> Chill Wills and Dr. Strangelove trying to unhook the... Uh, the H bomb in the in the in the the bombers uh, bay and right and right hiding the thing down to ground zero is going yeehaw yeehaw <laughs> no darn yeah so, mountains are targeted by God knows how many nuclear weapons oh That's, Albuquerque was targeted by at least a hundred nuclear weapons yeah there was a nuclear weapons storage site out in the desert near the largest I think uh, in in the world. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, that figured in the Benowitz case. By if, uh, yeah, you were at uh, the lab about the same time that Benowitz was uh, going. Oh, I drove by his uh, sign of his company every day in the morning. Right, Thunder Thunder Electric, I think. Corporation. Right. Thunder Corporation. And um, so what happened was I had kind of had a desire to basically just block it out. I didn't even think about a nuclear war. I just thought, well, I'll be dead, and that's fine. But this depression kind of seeped into me also. So a lot of people became interested in kind of some kind of way to end the Cold War. I mean, we talked about like at our church where a lot of the people I worked with went to church. They formed what's called a peacemaking group. So there was a lot of really deep concern about nuclear war and, you know, the danger of nuclear war that would destroy everything. We, we weren't going to recover from it. And so what happened then was... I was sitting at home on the day after Christmas in 1983, after just after we had gone through um, one of these big international crises, and there came on the program of this thing about the face on Mars, which I'd never seen before. It completely sandbagged me. It was, I was completely blindsided by it. Normally, well, you must, I, I was very much concentrated on my work and trying to be you know, fit in and everything and not be interested in anything outside of work. And and suddenly this show comes on about the face on Mars, showing Vince DiPietro and Greg Molinar's work, and they had two pictures of this thing. And I thought, when the show was advertised, I expected it to be something like uh, Flash Gordon Goes to Mars or something, you know, or an eggplant that looks like Richard Nixon, something like this. And then they showed what looks like a carved face, and I just... I was just completely astonished. I'd never been exposed to that before. And so I immediately decided to contact them. And what my motivation was is I thought, oh, my God, this looks like a sign of a dead civilization on Mars. That's just the thing to end the Cold War. <laughs> that, was, that was my thought at the time. I thought we should, if we find a dead civilization on Mars, then the Russians and the United States will have to cooperate and go to Mars and so well, some people it. think that we already did that in the early 60s, but but continue. Yeah. So so that was my immediate motivation was that, gee, this could be a real godsend to, to end, help end the Cold War. So I became involved in an organization uh, called uh, the Independent Mars Investigation Team, organized by Dick Hoagland. And we investigated the, the face, and 
we validated very quickly. It was a lot of it was concentrated in Silicon Valley. So we got the original data tapes from DePietro and Molinar and verified that you know through NASA that they were the original tapes and did our own enhancements. DePietro and Molinar had done such good work and documented it so well that we were able to quickly validate it. it and you know they'd also found a pyramid within five kilometers of the face and. A lot of people would take exception to those to those uh, statements, but uh, but okay, well, you know, they, they're they're certainly free to do so. But uh, we were a group of scientists and engineers, and um, we just decided finally at the end by consensus that this did in fact look like eroded remains of some dead civilization. So we went to a Mars conference and published it. We also. In the, the meantime, and I had kind of taken a lead in this, I said that, gee, it looks like there was an old ocean shoreline near Cydonia. Doctor, before we go on. Yes. Richard Hoagland, the things he says are highly, highly disputed, as you well know. Dick Hoagland uh, is a brilliant guy, and uh, he has his own evolved hypothesis set of hypotheses about mars yes they definitely have evolved since 1984 they have evolved and uh in fact <laughs> he's also incredibly in, in love with himself what's that what's that also Sorry. incredibly in love with himself he's uh well <laughs> well let's just say that i was happy to work with uh, old dick hoagland during this uh independent mars investigation team and we went to a conference and published our results at Boulder, Colorado, and the effect on the other Mars scientists was they looked astonished at the amount of work we'd done. And one of them came up to me afterwards and said, uh, well, we don't know what to think about the pictures, but we really liked your Mars ocean. Your picture of, of Earth, uh, uh, Mars is more Earth-like in the past. With this ocean. And this is important to note, listeners, that, that Dr. Brandenburg was the first one to really ID that the northern hemisphere of Mars was pretty much covered by an ocean. Before that, well, th- th- there had been really no talk of this, and you, you, your intuition eventually was proven out. Absolutely. I, I went to a, at the urging of this one scientist uh, named Mars, a Mars scientist named Hal Mazurkiewski. Uh, he was unfortunately passed on. I went to a conference um, in Washington, D.C., where I then, I, I actually got a new job in Washington, D.C. on uh, the uh, Star Wars defense thing. And I went to a conference, though, and presented the paper on the Mars ocean to an audience of what, probably about 1,000 Mars scientists. And they, they really ate it up. And uh, what's funny, though, is because I'd been involved in the Cydonia investigation, none of them would give me credit for it. So finally, Wikipedia is finally giving me credit. <laughs> if people talk about the Mars Ocean, they never mention my name. But now Wikipedia has uh, corrected the history books. Well, it's always good to get acknowledgement for, for, for your work. It is good to get you know? And so if you look on Wikipedia about Mars Ocean Hypothesis, I'm reference number one. Yes, but the key about Wikipedia is that that's kind of a peer-to-peer sort of encyclopedia. So it's what people put on it that is not disputed by other people that gets listed whether it's true or not. That's not really validation, (laughs) is it? Oh, uh, well, it's better than no validation at all, which is what I have right now. (laughs) <laughs> I am I am he who must not be cited on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it, that's okay. Uh, you know, credit I can get from a bank. 
you know, it's a it's a question of the important thing is that people picked up on the Mars ocean idea, and it became well. Out it's it's been proven. <laughs> it's, it's proven out. Proven. It's basically been proven out. It's part of the lexicon now. It is part of the lexicon that Mars used to have an ocean. And by the way, if Mars had an ocean, stuff swam in it. Uh, you can't. The ocean is where life started on Earth. That Mars ocean, by the way, lasted most of Mars' geologic history. You can tell that because it's on the young part of Mars, not the old part. Uh, Mars has a split personality geologically. Let's get into what the split personality is and whether I have one. Dr. John Brandenburg is with us. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. As the new world order continues to tighten its grip on every facet of our lives, we're all asking ourselves, how can we maintain our independence? The answer is clear. Get prepared and you get prepared now. Now the only question left is where do we begin? My Patriot Supply is here to help. Call 800-247-3070 to get started with your 72-hour emergency food supply for only $10. We're even covering the cost of shipping. Are you willing to rely on the government and FEMA in the event of an emergency? Call 800-274-3070 to get started with your 72-hour emergency food supply for only $10. You won't be able to find this deal online, and there is a strict limit of four per caller, so don't wait. Call now, 800-274-3070. That's 800-274-3070. Call right now. So you've been listening to pharmacist Ben and Dr. Wallet for a long time now, and you're wondering if Longevity really works. Hi, my name is Adam. I'm an employee at GCN, and I've been using Longevity products for over two years now. Call me today to hear my story at 612-695-5982. You too can lose weight, experience increased energy, and feel better about yourself and the future of your family. Call today, 612-695-5982. That's 612-695-5982.
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Between segments, when I raised the issue whether I have a split personality, Chris said, well, you finally admitted it. (laughs) Good for you, Gene. Yeah. Admitting yeah, you have good, a problem good. is the first sign that you can get well. That's yeah, that's 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 half the battle, Gene. It's half the battle. Half the now battle. You, now you got to get your other side. My guy told me that right. just before he committed suicide. I was too tough a case. <laughs> oh boy, this is getting kind of dirty here. We have Dr. John Brandenburg. The book is called Death on Mars, and we're talking about the oceans and about the split personality of the Mars. Split so, personality of Mars. Tell us more. Now, uh, the, Mars has what's called a dichotomy, meaning a split. Uh, the southern part of Mars is very ancient-looking. It looks like the lunar highlands on the on the moon, heavily cratered. But in middle of the craters, it's a very science fiction kind of landscape, are river channels leading in and out of the craters. So the craters used to be lakes. Then they so that the north the southern part of Mars is average of about a mile higher than the north part of Mars, which is smooth plains, very few craters. In fact, more near the North Pole, the terrains on Mars look basically like Earth: sand dunes, no craters, uh, river channels, and that's where the ocean was was in the north of Mars, meaning. The most youngest-looking terrain is where the ocean was. That means that for most of Mars history, that ocean was there. And that defines having liquid water, means the range of temperatures and atmospheric pressure that basically defines what you call a terrestrial environment. And it's an environment where life can thrive, by the way. One of the most striking uh, things about Mars is that it's red, and they've looked in the Valus Marineris, the rock layers in the wall at the Valus Marineris and what they're seeing with the rovers, they're all bright red. That means highly oxidized iron is there. 
Right. If you look at pictures of Earth from space, like the Sahara Desert, it's bright red for the same reason. Because of the oxygen in Earth's atmosphere, the iron in the soil becomes what's called hematite, as opposed to black uh, ferrous iron, which is what, you know, basalt uh, lava flows out of volcanoes are black, like a Hawaiian right. lava flow. Yeah, and but basalt, basalt uh, is much harder, too. Um, I live uh, just down the hill from a, a huge outcropping of, of sediment that uh, is slowly, uh, you know, lifting up into the air. And uh, the, the Colorado Plateau and its whole leading edge is is the beautiful red rocks of Sedona, which is very similar. Oh, Sedona, yes. In fact, that Sedona may have been the origin of, of Sidonia. Sidonia is a, was an ancient. What? Wait, 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 sir. Yes. Explain what you just said in more detail. Uh, Sedona, in um, let's see, Arizona, it's, it's Arizona, you know, beautiful area, and of course, the person who named everything on Mars was um, uh, Percival Lowell, who was in Flagstaff, Arizona, right, just up the hill, just up the hill. So he was undoubtedly aware of the beautiful landscapes at Sedona, and he basically was naming everything on Mars. He had the best telescope in the world for a while. Yeah, the first of the super telescopes, it's still there. The it's still Observatory. there and still uh, doing useful work. So he named all the areas of Mars, and he named this one area called Sidonia. And it comes from an ancient uh, Greek city on Crete called Sidonia, which apparently was established by the Phoenicians, so it's Sid- Sidon, basically, or from Sidon. You know, like Tyre and Sidon were the great cities of the Phoenicians. And then the Greeks took it over and renamed it Sidonia. But the similarity to Sedona uh, may be not a coincidence. But right. first of all, Lowell isn't here to contradict me, so I'm going to just assert it's true. Well, and his, his protege, Clive Tomba, was the one that discovered Pluto up at the Lowell Observatory. Absolutely, up, up the hill. Yeah. Which I still think is a perfectly fine planet. Despite what other, but I disagree with other planetary scientists about so many other things that uh, <laughs> it's a minor matter. Uh, but I will tell you that the uh, idea of giant nuclear explosions on Mars. You, you explain explain the science, how we know this, and, and where this oh, okay. whole exactly. theory developed, because there is. A nice detective story. Uh, basically. It, exactly. Uh, the Russians were the first people to go to Mars with big gamma ray uh, detectors. The Russians, as you know, are very good at nuclear science. And so they uh, orbited probes around Mars in the 70s, and they detected a lot of uh, radioactive potassium, uh, thorium, and uranium on the Mars surface. And that's because the, ga- the Mars atmosphere is so thin, the gamma rays go right through it. And so they go up into orbit. Uh, and you can pick them up from orbit. So they uh, basically found that, gee, there's a lot of radioactive potassium and uh, thorium and uranium on Mars, so it looks at the same level as Earth. Then what happened in the 80s is we identified meteorites from Mars, and they checked the meteorites. The meteorites had one-tenth the amount of uranium, thorium, and potassium in them that Earth rocks do. So what it means is the top surface of Mars, the top foot of Mars, is covered, is enriched in uranium, thorium, and radioactive potassium. 
it's a fairly uniform layer except around the blast areas where that you've right. ID as, as the blast areas. Explain that. Well, then they did the uh, the Americans finally sent a very precision gamma ray spectrometer using new modern technology. They were able to map all of Mars in gamma rays, and they found out there was two big radioactive hotspots on Mars. And uh, one is near Cydonia, and the other is near a place called Ut- in a place called Utopia. And so they could map, and this is glaring hotspots, two hotspots on Mars in the north where, all the, where the ocean was. And so um, that, was, that was one of the clues that something had happened on Mars to make parts of Mars kind of radioactive. And it spread debris from, apparently you can see rays of debris coming from these hotspots in, in gamma rays and reaching all the way around to the far side of the planet where there's a minor hot spot where apparently like a shock wave came from this one, these explosions, wrapped all the way around the planet and collided with itself on the far side, leading a, another pile of radioactive debris. And I discuss, I show the maps in the book in color. So what happened, apparently there was some big explosion of some radioactive material on Mars. Now, how do we factor out any sort of natural occurrence? Well, I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. The atmosphere, as it turns out, is loaded with an isotope called xenon-129. And that isotope is put out by nuclear reactions. And so Mars is atmosphere is loaded with what looks like the residues of an enormous nuclear energy release, and then you have this thin layer on the surface. The, the Mars meteorites are apparently base basement rock; they're bedrock on Mars. Not very things right on the surface just kind of get blown to the horizon, but they don't escape Mars. You have to kind of dig. The, the part of the crater that gets dug out is what throws rocks into space that come to Earth. So then the other thing that happened was they looked at some of the meteorites from Mars, and they'd been irradiated with neutrons, so much so that they had to put them in a nuclear reactor to duplicate the amount of nu- nuclear wow. radiation. I did not so, know that. Yes. So this, I was uncovering this in the literature, and I remembered a comment by a nuclear physicist at Sandia, and I recounted in the book where I was waiting in line to use a Xerox machine at their library, and I was talking about the strange isotopes in the Mars atmosphere, that the xenon-129 was there, and that was different than any other set of isotopes anywhere in the solar system. Uh, you know, different than Earth, from um, the solar wind, from rocks from the moon or meteorites in having this excess of xenon-129. And the, the guy said, an excess of what? And I said, xenon-129. He said, can I see that? And I had the book. I was Xeroxing the article out of it. It was scientific, uh, you know, scientific article about Mars. And he looked at it, and he was kind of a happy-go-lucky fellow. He, uh, he just looked like he'd seen a ghost. And he said to me, somebody nuked him. Well, you know what? Before this show gets nuked, which we can't let happen. You see, we've been around for nine years, and I want us to be around for another year so we can have our glorious 10th anniversary. 
in 2016. The book is about death on Mars from Dr. John Brandenburg. Joining Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Attention listeners, SurvivalLife.com is giving away free Everstrike permanent matches for a limited time only. These matches are waterproof and will light in any weather condition, rain, snow, or sleet. It will still throw a spark. Its built-in ferro rod strikes at 3,000 degrees, and it is good for 15,000 strikes. Normally, $15. Today, it's free. Get yours at FreeWaterproofMatch.com. Again, that's FreeWaterproofMatch.com. Hurry, supplies are limited. Visit FreeWaterproofMatch.com today. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. If the IRS has garnished your paycheck or seized money from your bank account, you need to get professional tax help now. Fast action is required to put a halt to these aggressive IRS collection tactics. You can count on the knowledgeable team of tax professionals at Walland Associates. With over 30 years of experience, Walland Associates has settled the tax problems of thousands of taxpayers for a small fraction of what they owed. For a free face-to-face consultation, call 1-800-425-4610 to put a wall between you and the IRS, 1-800-425-4610, or look for us on the web at wallandassociates.net. We solve tax problems. If you hire Walland Associates today, you'll never have to talk to the IRS again. To stop the levies and seizures today, take action now. Call Walland Associates at 1-800-425-4610. Walland Associates, 1-800-425-4610. Based on actual cases, results may vary, not a solicitation for legal services. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we've added that new RSS feed, that update feed, to the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. You sign up for a membership, one month, one year, five years. If you've joined for a year or five years, you get a free book. Stalking the Tricksters from Chris O'Brien. An ebook version will be sent out to you after we get your membership. You get the ad-free version of the Paracast with a higher resolution audio. The After the Paracast podcast, we're working on introducing a Paracast video channel. Plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. With Dr. John Brandenburg about death on Mars. And Dr. Brandenburg, we're looking now at the symptoms, the things you see on Mars that indicate there were nuclear explosions in the past. Let's go on with this. Big bada boom, as they say. Big bada boom. As they say in the fifth element. That's right. I was just watching. It's funny. I I thought, yeah, that's from the fifth element. (laughs) 
Big bada boom. <laughs> uh, first words of English, the fellow that speaks. <laughs> so basically, at the time when he made this comment, it was pretty scary because we were investigating what looked like remains of a dead civilization on Mars, and then this guy, and we're deep in the cold, icy depths of the Cold War, and then this guy says, it looks like Mars was nuked because of this isotope. No, we've been able to date these events. We've been able to date them, and and it it happened quite some time ago. Yes, yes. This looks like, uh, based on the half-life of the isotopes involved, it looks like this happened like half a billion to a quarter billion years ago. So this was a long time ago. Whoever did this is long gone. Uh, Hopefully cosmic karma has caught up with them. Yeah, we're talking, but, uh, you know, we we didn't even have dinosaurs yet. Uh, we, no, we had, all we had was cockroaches, which are notorious for being able to survive uh, nuclear radiation, as it turns out. How does this time to the to, to the uh, the Permian? Uh, the, that's that's what I was uh, I mentioned in the book because the we had a huge really odd thing on Earth that happened kind of during that period was the Great Permian extinction. Uh, which the cockroaches survived, and almost nothing else survived. The Earth almost turned into a a Mars. Everything died. Even the oceans died, which uh, when the um, Chicxulub asteroid hit and uh, wiped out the dinosaurs, the oceans did okay. Yeah, they did fine, yeah. Yeah. The oceans were... Sea life was really not that uh, disrupted, except in the immediate area of the blast, the oceans recovered quickly. But in the Permian extinction, everything died. Yeah, we're talking We're talking a lot of trilobites biting the big one. Absolutely. Yeah, the, 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 the oceans were dominated by these squid-like creatures, and they all died. In fact, in the book, I urge people to investigate if in the uh, sediments associated with the great uh, Permian extinction if there are any kind of nuclear residues that look like they could have been a result of a nuclear explosion. So hopefully some brave scientists will bring that data forward. you got to understand a thing about a lot of scientists. A lot of scientists don't want to make big discoveries. They just kind of want to do their job. They're, yeah, what's up they're with rather, that? They're rather that? risk Most scientists are rather risk-adverse. Why are they so risk-adverse and wimpy? Well, it's because of money. You work hard to get your PhD, and then you, then the tenure system, you know, to get tenure at a university, you have to really uh, keep your mouth shut and your uh, head low at faculty meetings for like seven years. It's and then really you can get a little frisky. people who are very cautious and um, not given to uh, making uh, and, and risk it. You know, they're risk adverse. And more worried about their reputation than uh, getting the Nobel Prize for anything. So it's a rare scientist who makes a big discovery and goes charging out there. Uh, you have to have um, it's a it's a rare thing. So you basically need two guys in a garage or a kitchen building the next right. great personal computer. The other thing I would to ask you, in addition to not being risk averse, the fact that. <laughs> we don't have the government research money we used to have. Oh, Therefore, right. we have to rely on private industry, and private industry is not going to put money 
into research unless they can monetize that money. They're not going to develop a new drug unless they can sell it to you for $10,000 a month. Exactly. Right. Uh, it's all about money. Yeah, uh, and in, money. In, in your case, you are totally outside of your realm of professional expertise. So you kind of, you, you sort of have a, uh, a get-out-of-jail-free card because it's a, more of a hobby. It was. Uh, when I showed up to um, this conference, and gave a talk on the Mars ocean, I was uh, like a swashbuckling uh, buccaneer walking into the place uh, because there was a guy who talked about lakes on Mars. He was obviously just shaking in his boots up at the podium. And, uh, it, and I realized I can speak freely here because they don't know where I live. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, they they can't they can't retaliate against me for making this outrageous idea uh, because I don't work at JPL. I right. don't. Uh, I'm not at a university and and you know trying to get tenure, something like that. I'm a. Um, I was at the time a de- defense contractor. Right, and they're and all men so, and um, aboard a manly ship doing manly things with other manly men. That's right. I was a Bellway Buccaneer. Okay, we should talk like a pirate then, right? R, we should. Now, don't even ask me to arg. I can arg with the best of them. I can arg with what's the best the, of them. The, what's the uh, pirate's favorite element is argon. <laughs> oh, God, I see. I tell bad jokes. This is bad beyond belief. Oh, man, I not thought Gene was bad. Oh, I know. Arr, arr. Hey, uh, the, jo- the joke when we were working in uh, Washington, D.C. in the Reagan arms buildup was that people were, the, the government scientists and the people at the universities called us Beltway Bandits. And I would say, I, I take exception to that term. It's Beltway Buccaneers. <laughs> you know, let's really frame this in a way without too many segues. Let's go from the story. So we have evidence. Sure. All right. So enough of the pirate talk. We are not pirates here on the Paracast, and we don't play them on TV. So, some kind of nuclear explosion. Now let's talk about life on Mars before we bring it all together. So, okay. we have the right. oceans. We had an ocean. Right. And therefore, we have the beginnings of life on Mars. Okay, so how far would life have developed on Mars? Because every time you talk to me about the Dead Sea bottoms and everything, I think of John Carter of Mars and Edgar Rice right. Right, exactly. In fact, um, the oceans may have receded, but that doesn't mean that life wasn't dug in on Mars. I mean, the you know the the Barsoomian Mars was at the oceans had dried up. In fact, that was one reason. The person who first suggested Mars oceans, by the way, was Percival Lowell. He suggested that it looked like Mars it had oceans and they dried up, and so this was picked up by Edgar Rice Burroughs who apparently studied all of... Um, right, he also claimed that there were canals that were... Oh, oh yeah, well, uh, that was uh, that, that was also the best science available at the time. And uh, But Mars and Earth started out very much the same. And on Earth, we know that life began almost as soon as there was a liquid ocean. As soon as you start finding sedimentary rocks laid down by water, liquid water, uh, you find apparently uh, microfossils from 
Earth life. So they pushed it and that's, back. That's like one, one point something billion years ago, too. So we're, we're going back a ways. We'll go back another ways in a moment. Dr. John sure. Brandenburg <laughs> is here to tell us all about death on Mars. And no more args, please. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturing. If you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for 129000 You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. 
Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your your credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I was thinking Chris would do something like the Paracast or something. The Paracast. Oh, that's even better. Anyway, Dr. John Brandenburg is not a pirate. He doesn't talk like a pirate. No, I don't like pirates. And we're dealing with death on Mars here. And we're dealing with life on Mars. About what you say is that the path of life on Earth and the path of life on Mars followed a simultaneous path. That's right. Very much so. Now, how far did life on Mars go before we had this nuclear incident? Well, Mars apparently had Earth-like conditions for about 4 billion years. And that's the point when the ocean started to dry up. Uh, Now, Mars apparently had a a greenhouse, a planetary greenhouse like the planet Venus does now. And to some extent, the Earth has a planetary greenhouse, which we're (laughs) improving upon as we speak. There was a much more robust atmosphere. Right. So Mars had a much, a very much an Earth-like atmosphere, a heavy uh, greenhouse going, and it allowed liquid water. And it had an oxygen atmosphere, apparently. That's why Mars is red. And the oxygen comes from photosynthesis. In fact, one of the most startling things about the present atmosphere of Mars is the fourth most abundant uh molecule in the Mars atmosphere today is oxygen, and they can't explain it by any model they have. And apparently there's photosynthesis, a lot of photosynthesis on Mars right now. And in fact, you know what the color of the plants are probably on Mars? They're red. Hmm. If you go look at seaweed from places where the light isn't as strong, um, it is red. Hmm. Because the red, so there still appears to be something that's helping perpetuate the uh, scant amount, but uh, you know, relatively speaking. But there still is a significant amount of of uh, of oxygen there. So right, there is, even though it's nowhere near the um, there's enough uh, there's enough oxygen that if you had a special compressor, you could you could actually harvest oxygen from the Earth from Mars atmosphere. Wow. and walk around with a spacesuit, uh, as long as its batteries held out, you'd be able to have oxygen from the air on Mars. And, right, and uh, the temperature, what's the temperature variation now, and, and what was the temperature range back then when it was... Uh, the, uh, I can tell you the temperature on Mars at the equator is warmer than it is here in Wisconsin. 
Mars actually uh, gets to about 70 degrees on the equator on a summer afternoon. Uh, but at night, it gets very cold. It gets down like 100 below. So you got to have those space heaters going full speed. they got to have space heaters, right. So do Martians have space heaters? Okay, but I'm trying to get to the clarification here, which is, yeah. all right, so life begins on Mars, life begins on Earth. Your speculation here is that life on Mars, if it was intelligent life, would be similar to us. Well, uh, it's a similar planet to us. Uh, it, apparently, Mars and Earth had very similar conditions up until about a billion years ago. Then things started uh, started. Then some things happened that started changing things on Mars, so they were less Earth-like. Uh, but still, I think things were basically Earth-like maybe until half a billion years ago. That would be four billion years of Earth-like conditions. And a lot can happen in four billion years. You leave a group of people in a locked room for four billion years, uh, anything you could imagine would happen in there. And on Earth, we had all of the biological evolution. And part of that evolution was driven by the fact that Earth had a very heavy greenhouse so that only bacteria that could survive high temperatures survived. And so you, one of the reasons you couldn't have advanced life on Earth is that, like, if the seawater is hot, it doesn't hold as much oxygen. You, you, the planet has to cool off, in other words, um, to, to start having really oxygen-based uh, sea life that uses oxygen as metabolism, and uh, you can have fish. Um, you can, if you if you you're basically stuck with bacteria until you get a, a nice oxygen um, level in the, in the water, and that means low temperature before you can have tr- even trilobites. And so Mo- Earth had to kind of cool off, and so Mars kind of had a head start because it was a cooler planet, and and the, it was farther from the sun. Uh, so it didn't have this uh, big temperature barrier to overcome. And, you know, these things are very complicated. You could you could sit there and program a computer with a big planetary simulation and, and watch it run for years <laughs> to simulate the uh, how Mars' environment evolved. But basically, until about half a billion years ago, it was like Earth. And that means just about anything you could imagine evolution producing, including humanoid beings, intelligent beings, um, could happen on Mars. In fact, I, I tell other scientists, I said, we are in a very poor position at this time to forbid anything happening on Mars. That kind of begs the question. Uh, do you think that uh, the space, uh, the JPL boys and uh, Opportunity and some of the probes have discovered real evidence of, of uh, complex life uh, and they're, they're keeping it quiet? Or do you think that... Uh, um, I have talked to some Mars scientists who are deeply plugged into the Mars establishment and they have told me... Um, that there is a Mars cover-up going on, that they have found stuff that they are not revealing. But, I, you know, 
they didn't show me the stuff. They just told me that uh, there is a Mars cover-up. To what extent? Do they go into how much is being covered up? Uh, well, I, I'll, I'll give you a really... Um, one of the people I talked to pointed to a novel written by a Mars scientist named Charles Hartman, and it's called Cities of Gold. And I, I got it and read it. <laughs> and it's really funny because it's about, it, it, it's about this guy who's hired by a subdivision developer out of Chicago. He's trying to build something, a subdivision in Arizona. And the guy is hired, he's an archaeologist out of work, so they hire him. He's just out of school, you know, and so they hire him. He's supposed to write colorful brochures talking about the archaeological, you know, the history of the Southwest and to, to basically to, uh, to pimp the uh, new subdivision as being a kind of in a historical area. And he finds an artifact at this place called Red House, which is an old ruin in the middle of this sub, supposed to be a subdivision. Let's find out what he found. On the other side, with Dr. John Brandenburg and Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. We love that you're passionate about GCN. And whether you're a listener, a business owner, or a radio industry professional, we've redesigned the new GCN newsletter to keep you in the know. Get updates on your favorite GCN shows and hosts. Go to GCNlive.com and click on the banner in the upper left corner. Just for signing up, you're automatically entered for monthly giveaways. Start receiving your newsletter today. The future of talk radio. GCN. It's no secret that government and big business buy in bulk and get huge discounts not available to the little guy until now introducing a breakthrough crowd buying website where people can join together buy in bulk and get massive discounts on millions of popular products it's togethersave.com togethersave.com you can save 20 30 or even 50 percent off tablets smartphones cars appliances textbooks sports equipment video games and much more all with free delivery check it out togethersave.com visit now and start group buying today at togethersave.com 
There's a man named Dr. Joel Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor, both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician. Doc asks, why does the United States spend more money on health care by far and still rank 50th in health and longevity worldwide? He believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, take charge of their health, and attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects and more toxic prescription drugs. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the big government, big pharma, and big insurance manipulation of our health care system. I'm George Norrie, and I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about health care. Visit criticalhealthnews.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's Deadly Recipes Lecture. It makes a lot of sense, and I urge you to join our Critical Health News team. Go to criticalhealthnews.com. That's criticalhealthnews.com. The Freeze-Dry Guy presents Freeze-Dried Turkey, Freeze-Dried Ham, and the No-Bake Casserole Unit February Sale. Listen, if you trust the Freeze-Dry Guy, as thousands have for their emergency food supply since 1970, don't wait to hear how great this deal is, because it's unlimited supply. Call 866-404-3663 and ask for our new Turkey and Ham Unit. Normal retail price, $359.94. Sale price, $251.94. You save $108. And it's chock full of high-quality, great-tasting, freeze-dried diced turkey and ham from Mountain House. The gold standard and long-term storage products or get the freeze-dry guys no casserole unit 153 servings per case at normal retail price of 215.94 sale price 172.75 you save 43.19 but supplies are limited and we always pay shipping right to your door within the lower 48 states call 866-404-3663 and make freezedryguy.com a favorite and check for monthly specials don't miss the freeze-dry guys february sale call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. He's trying. Dr. John Brandenburg joins us. The book is Death on Mars from Adventures Unlimited Press. That place. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm basically talking about a book written by a very well-known Mars scientist, and he will probably deny any connection to Mars, but he wrote this interesting novel about a guy who finds a Spanish helmet at the site of this place called the Red House, which is a old um, collapsed Pueblo built by the Indians, and he finds this historic artifact there and he reports it to the person who's building the subdivision <laughs> the guy says have you told anyone else about this <laughs> and the guy says well no and and says thanks bill just go home and take the rest of the day off and then what happens is they send hitmen from Chicago after this guy. <laughs> because if they find a real historic artifact, the subdivision will be declared an archaeological site, and they can't build it. So there's millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of subdivision money is going to go down the drain if, they, if this artifact is real. 
And so the subdivision, develop, the developers, who's out of Chicago anyways, his response is to just hire some hitmen to try and kill this guy. <laughs> so that sounds like any place where something is discovered. Yeah, so what it is, is the, the scenario in the novel, which is set on Earth, is that at the Red House, he finds a intelligent artifact. And this, so his... This throws everything into doubt, and he has to flee for his life. Fortunately, the, sec- the, the developer's secretary, who he's having an affair with, warns him that these guys, that Tony uh, Tony Lacuna from Chicago is coming looking for him. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so he manages to escape and then... Uh, gives the artifact to the museum where it gets publicized. So the subdivision is declared as an archaeological site, and they can't build the subdivision. The subdivision guy goes out of business, <laughs> and, he's, and it, the book ends with him uh, meeting the secretary in Spain where they're on the lamb. And <laughs> so, so it was the idea of finding an artifact in a place that disrupts everyone's economic plans. And, um, you know, still trying to like I said, the guy, the guy the who told me this said that this was, this was uh, written by this one Mars guy as kind of a allegory of the situation on Mars. All right, well, we're trying to get this straight about Mars. Okay. So, so if there are humanoid creatures on Mars and they are intelligent. Or there how, were. Or there were which is more to the point, how far did they get before the catastrophe hit? I think that's what we're trying to speculate. Uh, Is there any way to know? No, not until you send astronauts up there. We, you know, until you get people on the, on the, any archaeologist will tell you, you have to dig to find out the truth at an archaeological site. That's why they call them digs. You have to get there in there with shovels. Very hard work. You shovel through all of this debris. You finally find clay tablets or artifacts or pots or metal weapons, something that then establishes then the technological level. Um, in fact, we could drive, if you landed a, a rover at Cydonia Menza and drove it around for a year, you'd probably see nothing that you would recognize as artificial. Um, you see rubble. Um, and... Um, just some hills that you know you recognize from space or the face from Mars, face on Mars or the pyramid, but they look, wouldn't look very impressive at all if you drove around with a rover at close range. All you'd see was a bunch of jumbled rock. So basically, speaking here, the Mars. Okay, so none of the Mars probes are capable or able to find anything. Now, is there something that could be unless done? They in, got really lucky. Unless they got very lucky. Okay. Is there something that could be done in their design or the programming that could be maybe redone from Earth to make it more possible for them to find anything like this, this Um, relic of a past civilization? I have advocated that you just just send people. Just people do these things much better than any machine. By the time you're done programming a machine to do that, you you, you spend as much money as just sending people. Well, we sure don't seem to know that, do we? No, no. Well, Mars is big business. This country has, Uncle Sammy has spent 
probably $10 billion on Mars. That's, um, that's a lot of money. Uh, well, I tell, in fact, it, it, and believe it or not, until Cydonia, and I point this out in the book, until Cydonia and the ocean on Mars that came from the Cydonia investigation, Mars was being written off as a, as a scientifically uh, interesting planet. They were moving out to, they talked about Europa or Titan, you know, the moons of uh, Jupiter and, um, and um, Saturn. Mars, uh, in fact, the Mars Observer was supposed to be the last probe to Mars. And, and other planets in the solar system are like that, like Mercury. They sent one probe, you know, back in the 60s. It looked like the moon. So they said, well, that's not very interesting. So we finally sent a new probe and mapped. We had, didn't even have complete maps of Mercury until about last year when they sent a recent probe. And it's it's not a very interesting place. It just looks like the moon. And, uh, and so people had kind of written off Mars the same way. When the Mars, uh, the life experiments failed to find clear evidence of life. But now Mars is big business. It's a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar enterprise. Mars equals money. All right, so Mars equals money. So therefore, they shouldn't wait till 2035, 20 no. years from now, to send no. humans to the Mars. They need to do it right now. I, I, I'm with Elon Musk. Let's just go. Enough horsing around uh, and land at Cydonia. Well, this is the whole big issue here. We figured out how to get to the moon in 1969. Yep. Fine. With technology that is far, far, far more primitive than what we have now. But we still can't figure out how to get to Mars. So is it mostly the will rather than the money and the technology? I mean, in recent years, forgetting about which political party you favor, in recent years, it appears to me the plans that have been brought forth to continue space exploration have been basically pathetic. No, we just need, if we had Saturn V's, the moon rocket, we'd get to Mars pretty easy. It's a question of money. You know, Mars costs more. The astronauts didn't even have a toilet on the way to the moon. They wore diapers. That's how Pampers got invented. They, uh, they, there was a five-day mission, and they just wore diapers all the way. And uh, you can't do that on the way to Mars. It takes like six months to get to Mars. And um, so you have to uh, you have to send really several modules from the space station in a, as a ship to Mars. And then you, by the way, the most uh, dangerous part of a human Mars mission is coming back. It's not getting to Mars. Landing on Mars, since it has an atmosphere, you can use a big a heat shield and a big parachute. And you can basically land on Mars pretty easy. And one more thing. If you order a one-year or a five-year subscription to the Paracast Plus, we'll send you a free copy of the ebook version of Stalking the Tricksters from Chris O'Brien. That famous book, free, with a Paracast Plus subscription of one or five years. Let's make this easy break. Very easy. Dr. John Brandenburg is with us. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always in 
open-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores
scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Chris sounds like he went to Mars without the septic tank. Well, one thing you mentioned in your book, John, is a good way to approach Mars is uh, uh, base your initial flights to uh, Phobos or, or uh, right. to one of the moons of Mars because... Uh, Phobos is a staging area, yeah. Yeah, that, that, and that makes a lot of sense to me. It's a, uh, it's a you know, it's a, it's a ready-made space station. You just dig a few uh, feet into the, uh, well, you, you land uh, some space station modules um, on Phobos and cover them with uh, Phobos dirt, and they're then shielded from radiation. And uh, they complain that Mars doesn't have a magnetic field. That means it doesn't have uh, a Van Allen belt either. So it's actually safer to be in orbit around Mars than it is around Earth in terms of radiation. And um, so we use Phobos. Uh, We land. uh, In fact, you just dock with Phobos. You don't actually land on it. You establish a base camp. Like if you're climbing Mount Everest... You know, you establish a big base camp and then stage the ascents out of the base camp, which is like the base camp would be like halfway up the mountain. And so you stage everything from Phobos, and the first landing group, like, is only three people. And you just say, you're going to stay there on Mars for a couple of years. We're not, until we get all the bugs worked out uh, for coming back, you know, just stay there. It's like an expedition to Antarctica. People stay there for several years. And so uh, then, because the most dangerous part of a Mars mission is coming off, is launching from Mars surface and trying to come home. That involves a big rocket. Mars is a big, big planet, and it's got a lot of gravity. Uh, it's nothing like, the, you know, it's half, about 40% of Earth's gravity. So it takes a big rocket to get off of Mars, back up and do orbit, and then dock with a mothership and come home. So the best thing to do is then uh, get into Mars orbit, dock with a ship from uh, Phobos, and so do all the heavy lifting at Phobos. And then the uh, the Mars base at Cydonia uh, on the surface, you just stage out of uh, Phobos. And... Um, for psychological reasons also, it's very important that the people in Cydonia, the landers, the landing team, uh, you know, they, they look up and they see Phobos go over twice a day and um, they can orbit you know, about three times a day. It's comforting. It, well, it is because you, like Robert Louis Stevenson, the thing, you know, the, the noted author, um, the thing that killed him in his you know, he was a vigorous old man, and he visited Pompeii that they had just dug up. 
and he saw all of these bodies that were buried by the volcanic eruption there, and he wrote, the last thing he wrote in his diary was City of Death. The shock of seeing all of this death at Pompeii killed him. Before we die, not hearing the answer, I'm not really getting a clarification on this. Back to the civilization on Mars. Yes, yes. How far did they get before the nuclear blast happened? And that's before we find out who might have done it. Right. We don't know how far they got. The Just based on a kind of gut feeling, looking at the um, ruins, it looks like it was Bronze Age, like ancient Egypt, building the pyramids or like the Mayans, the Aztecs, it does not look like it was an advanced civilization. Now, we won't know until we have people there digging through the ruins. It is entirely possible that they reached a high level of technology, that maybe they did this to themselves, but it doesn't look like it. You know, I I have to just give my best judgment as a scientist. That's my best judgment until I get more information. So that's one thing that makes this look so tragic and and pathetic is that it looks like it was a primitive civilization and somebody came along and dropped enormous hydrogen, you know, kind of Death Star kind of devices uh, from outer space. It had them blow up in midair. I mean, there would be no point in building a giant planet killer of your own and then you know if you wanted to destroy the planet all you had to do is set it off on the ground you wouldn't loft it into space uh, or set it off in midair but apparently they whoever did this dropped these things out of space and uh, like Hiroshima and Nagasaki they set off the warheads above the ground we found what is called trinitite, which is atomic melt glass, at both sites. I'm, in fact, uh, I just got a paper accepted to a major scientific conference just discussing the explosions. Okay, so if they didn't do it, it had to have been done from outsiders. Outsiders right. being an advanced extraterrestrial race that, for right. reasons unknown, went to Mars and shot off their load. Right. Well... You know, if you look at human history, uh, advanced uh, civilizations have wiped out primitive civilizations many times in Earth's history. Just because oh, we have a bad habit of doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, the human being human beings have a murderous streak running through them, and uh, that history. Just, just, you know, like the Tasmanians, you know, where people lived in Tasmania, they were completely wiped out by the uh, uh, Australian uh, and European settlers who arrived there. And um, so it was, there are, there is a fellow named Harrison who actually wrote that this comes to what's called Fermi's Paradox. Let's say we're finding this on Mars, that this is what we found on Mars. Now we look out to the rest of the universe, and it is silent. It's not like you know a, a delegation from the Galactic United Nations has arrived and uh, given us forms to fill out to apply for membership. 
nothing like that has happened, at least as acknowledged publicly. Well, if we they are, did it, of course, we'd have to depend on the government to reveal it. But regardless of well, that... Of course Uncle Sammy would tell us about that. Uh, of course they will. They have I mean, a lot of things that, they have That's to how everything ended in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The government told everybody, right? <laughs> okay, so regardless of that... Regardless so, of that, if you point a radio telescope around in the stars, you hear nothing. You, you know, you can't... You There's no government cover-up on radio telescope observations of intelligent signals for space. You, This was the first person who noticed this was uh, Enrico Fermi, the great physicist. He said, well, if the, if the human race is typical of intelligent life in the universe, and this is somebody who just fought World War II, invented the atomic bomb, was working on the hydrogen bomb, and he said the human race is very noisy. It likes to... It likes to turn, play its stereos really loud, sends out a lot of radio broadcasts, soap operas, political propaganda, everything imaginable, commercials. Um, and he said, the human race is very young compared to the rest of the universe. The universe should be full of people like us, and they should be making a lot of radio noise. But it's silence. What does that mean? He he put it very emphatically. He says, where the hell are they? Where are the people we would expect to be out there in the stars right now uh, sending us accidentally their radio broadcasts? You know, um, mad Bill Bezersky's uh, used cars in Alpha Centauri, for instance. And he said it is a paradox that life... The nature of life is to spread to all places it can and to be very noisy, and yet the universe is silent as a ghost town. It's silent as a cemetery. That's called Fermi's Paradox. And one of the people who addressed this was a guy named Edward Harrison. I discussed this in the book. who said, perhaps there are forces in the universe that are intelligent that run around squelching young, noisy civilizations such as ourselves, so they won't become a nuisance later. Well, the other question being here is how do you become that race to decide how to get rid of the nuisances? And if they got rid of the Martians, why haven't they gotten rid of us? That's an interesting question to ask. I want your answer on the other side. Dr. All John right. Brandenburg is with us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Attention listeners, SurvivalLife.com is giving away free Everstrike permanent matches for a limited time only. These matches are waterproof and will light in any weather condition, rain, snow, or sleet. It will still throw a spark. Its built-in ferro rod strikes at 3,000 degrees and it is good for 15,000 strike. Normally, $15. Today, it's free. Get yours at freewaterproofmatch.com. Again, that's freewaterproofmatch.com. Hurry, supplies are limited. Visit freewaterproofmatch.com today.
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Chris has volunteered, by the way, to offer a free copy of one of his best books ever, Stalking right. the Tricksters. Oh, yeah. Free ebook version. How do you get a copy? Very simple. You sign up at plus.theparacast.com. That's the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. You sign up for a one or five year subscription. You can order it monthly to save money, but if you order a year or five years, you get the book. You also get the ad free version of the show with a higher resolution audio. So when Dr. John Brandenburg decides to cough, you hear it clear and pristine <laughs> we also have the after the paracast podcast we've got improvements to the way that you can get the show now so check it out if you haven't done so already plus.theparacast.com okay so we are talking here john about the civilization that wants to put us down they put down the martians with nuclear weapons why not those earthlings those nasty pesky uh, earthlings they- <laughs> well, they've got a big to-do list. We're on the list, but they just haven't gotten to us yet, I guess. Uh, in the book, I I say that why wait around for them to show up? <laughs> why don't we go to Mars, find out exactly what the hell happened up there, and that's the best way to ensure it doesn't happen to us. Go to How Mars. can you say that if an advanced civilization comes here? They're a thousand years ahead of us. And they want to nuke us. How do we stop them? Well, the, uh, you know, and all we're doing is just scientific reconstruction. And by the way, I'm, what I'm hoping is that scientists at Livermore and Los Alamos, where I, I used to work at Livermore, are, are trying to model <laughs> the explosions already <laughs> using their big computer codes. <laughs> Good luck to you guys. <laughs> 
but anyway, well, the uh, the bombs were uh, not that not that complicated. I mean, we could have built a, we could have built those things. That doesn't mean that uh, this thing of a thousand years ahead of us. Um, you know, uh, a lot of uh, cultures uh, they reach a certain level of technology and they decide that they don't need any more. They just stop. They stop developing new technology. Well, you know, this kind of leads us to one of the questions that uh, has been posted at our question uh, bank at forum.theparacast.com. This comes from Fast Walker, Fast who's Walker. been, yeah, he's been a member of the forums for about a year. Yes, and uh, he's a he's a big fan of yours, and uh, he, has a, he has a question. All right, uh, Fast Walker, what's your question? Okay. Say it fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm walking. I'm walking. <laughs> oh, okay, given that there is a civilization, fast walker or fast talker. Given that there is a civilization advanced enough to travel vast distances and have the ability to nuke another planetary civilization out of existence, why would they destroy the biosphere of the planet when an advanced civilization could merely use some sort of nanotechnology and introduce a virus or some other disease or use a neutron bomb that is genetically Uh, tailored to wipe out the offending intelligent race? Why take out the whole uh, biosphere? Well, um, remember... In Star Wars, uh, there are two movies that actually had this sort of scenario, and one is the famous movie Dark Star, which I urge everybody to go watch. It's the predecessor of both Star Wars and Alien. But uh, it's it's the first movie by John Carpenter, by the way, Dark Star, and it features them dropping these big uh, planet burners on planets that they deem to be unstable. it's just a bunch of roving technicians. They're not thinking deeply about anything. And then the other example is, of course, the Death Star in um, Star Wars, which was complete overkill. I mean, they blew up the entire planet. And, uh, you know, sort of like, Governor Tarkin, why did you destroy Mars? And he said, because uh, Dantooine would be far too remote to be a good example. They wanted to scare people. That's People do things like that. When the Romans destroyed Carthage, they planted the so they sowed the ground with salt, so nobody could rebuild the city. Right, right. Yeah, we so, firebombed Dresden, uh, we firebombed Tokyo. The, uh, when you it, suddenly you introduce intelligence into a scenario, the possibilities just explode. The number of possible scenarios, and when I when I first discovered. My original hypothesis, by the way, this was natural nuclear reactors that went unstable and exploded on Mars. Yes, you expressed that in a previous appearance on the show. Right. And that was because uh, that was the simplest explanation. That natural nuclear reactors happened on Earth. I was only presupposing a much larger one on Mars. That was well-received, by the way, by the scientific community. The only problem was... Uh, it didn't fit the evidence. Um, it, there was no big crater. It would have had that would have left a big crater. There's no crater. Whatever happened blew up in midair, and the uh, neutron, the xenon-129, is from fast neutron reactions, not moderated ones. It's from plutonium production and nuclear testing is what creates the uh, xenon-129 on Earth. So. To just answer Fast Walker's question, I don't know why they did what they did. 
it is a spec. It, it looks very evil. Well, at the it very least, very it's evil. rude. Yeah, it looks very evil. You know, uh, why do people mutilate cattle and leave them for their owners to find? Uh, well, in a lot of countries, people do that. People do that to other people to scare them. They want to scare people. The one so, is reminded uh, of somebody may have wanted to set, make an example out of Mars to scare other people. Imagine a universe that is um, where intelligent life is the, uh, the the greatest danger to intelligent life in the universe is other intelligent life. And yeah, and that's the, that brings to mind Stephen Hawking's uh, observation that anything out there that would uh, encounter our noisy planet would probably be marauders <laughs> going from oh, exactly planet to planet uh, raping and pillaging. I I. Stephen Hawking is is at heart a pirate like myself. And maybe he watched the movie Independence Day too often because that's the theme of Independence Day, that we have this oh. race of extraterrestrial locusts who will pillage a planet, then they'll move on to the next one. That's right. And uh, you can imagine, well, I mean, that was the Mongols. The Mongolian uh, tribes were nomads, and uh, they had no use for cities in urban life. They destroyed cities. Uh, Afghanistan used to be a very rich, fertile area, and then the Mongols came through and just killed everybody. Made pyramids of heads, uh, and um, they they actually destroyed Baghdad, too. Um, they, they, they killed everyone in the city. Yeah, and if a city wouldn't wouldn't surrender and the walls were too high, they just fling diseased bodies, catapult oh, exactly, them. Exactly, they, bacteriological they, warfare. <laughs> uh, exactly, they were uh, uh, they were pretty pretty bad customers, and they they won a lot of their battles through sheer terror. People were afraid to fight them; they would just surrender when they showed up, and. Uh, <sighs> Um, so, unfortunately, there are many examples on Earth of people doing things like this. And when I, when I first encountered, when, when I found out that the natural nuclear reactor scenario would not work, it was, you know, as Sherlock Holmes said, this, I've got a perfect explanation for what happened except the dog didn't bark. And because the dog didn't bark, uh, this is a murder case and not a, uh, you know, death by natural causes or something, you know. So when the civilization on Mars was destroyed, the question remains, who done it? Why who they do it? it? Why haven't they done it here? Well, Why are we still thing- here before we go into that? Yes. We have Dr. John Brandenburg. His book is called Death on Mars. We have Gene and Chris. Well, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com 
That's A2, that's number two, A2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. The Freeze-Dry Guy presents freeze-dried turkey, freeze-dried ham, and the no-bake casserole unit February sale. Listen, if you trust the freeze-dry guy as thousands have for their emergency food supply since 1970, don't wait to hear how great this deal is because it's unlimited supply. Call 866-404-3663 and ask for our new turkey and ham unit. Normal retail price $359.94. Sale price $251.94. You save $108. And it's chock full of high-quality, great-tasting freeze-dried diced turkey and ham from Mountain House, the gold standard in long-term storage products. Or get the freeze-dry guys no casserole unit. 153 servings per case at normal retail price of $215.94. Sale price $172.75. You save $43.19. But supplies are limited and we always pay shipping right to your door within the lower 48 states. Call 866-404-3663 and make freezedryguy.com a favorite and check for monthly specials. Don't miss the freeze-dry guys February sale. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Dr. John Brandenburg is here. We're talking about 
the book Death on Mars, about E.T. doing in the civilization on Mars, a Bronze Age civilization, evidently, trying to look over the evidence from afar that this might have happened and still wonder why it hasn't happened here yet. What do you think, though, about UFOs? We're talking about civilizations from Uh, other worlds. If we have UFOs here, are they not the race that may have done in the Martians? First of all, let me tell you about my attitude about the whole UFO field. I, I was quite fascinated with it. I went to a lot of conferences uh, and gave some papers. Uh, in fact, my original papers were on Mars because it's related. You know, we found humanoids on Mars. People report humanoids uh, in these UFO encounters. And But I decided, uh, based on some advice from my second wife and also the fact that as a scientist, I need reliable data to try and proceed. Uh, I decided to treat the whole UFO uh, issue, uh, to interpret it as science in a science fiction scenario. So I wrote a novel called Morningstar Pass, The Collapse of the UFO Cover-Up. And this is the weird thing. I chose the locale of about half the action in the novel uh, to be the San Luis Valley in Colorado, not knowing at the time that that was the center for cattle mutilations. I just looked on a map and decided it would be a great place to put an alien base, secret alien base. But I was certainly aware of the cattle mutilation phenomenon and the abductions. Uh, uh, I talked to several abductees about uh, what they had gone through and then uh, wrote the novel. And I, I talked to some retired military people who uh, knew something about this. <laughs> and that all went into, into a novel, a science fiction novel. So in a sense, it's not a hypothesis. I'm not trying to, a scientist trying to make a hypothesis about it. I'm just trying to... Uh, fun with it. I'm going to have, I'm going to try and posit a scenario that makes sense. And uh, as um, somebody defined fic- the difference between fiction and um, and uh, real life is that fiction has to make sense, <laughs> whereas real life doesn't. <laughs> so it's sounding like that you don't really take the field that seriously. Oh, no, I actually take it seriously based on some discussions of some veterans from the military. But I decided not since... They weren't willing to testify about what they found or had experienced. Why don't you share some of these uh, revelations with our listeners? Well, and and this isn't a science fiction novel, is that imagine something like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The movie actually happened in the middle of the Cold War, and the government had had, uh, decided that it had to find out what the aliens wanted, the greys, and it had, you know, gone from broadcast talking with them on radio, finally to having a meeting with them, and and then uh, allowing them to set up a base on Earth and uh, have a scientific exchange in return for them investigating the Earth. Now, are you in the fictional realm here, or is this revelations from your military sources? Uh, oh, uh, let's just say this is science fiction. You know what I mean? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Rubbing my nose here. 
Okay. 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 Hypothetically, in a fictional sense, wink, 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 and not in a way where your nose gets larger. Right. Right. So, the program of scientific exchange with the aliens in the novel has not gone very well. For one thing, the, uh, the, the, the government allowed the aliens to occupy this kind of devil's tower, kind of like Mesa in, in San Luis Valley, in a, near a mythical town called Morning Star. There was a town called Morning Star in Virginia where I was living when I wrote it or started to write it, so that's where I took the name. It's a beautiful name. And let's just say that as the hero says to the heroine, she asks him, well, is the program gone into a snafu state? And he says, the program passed out of snafu 10 years ago. He said, and it's now far beyond FUBAR. <laughs> you're familiar with those military acronyms. Uh, yes, uh, although we can't fully quote. And we can't fully explore them on the yes, situation on this, uh, normal children's all... on this uh, public program. means a situation normal all fouled up, and then FUBAR yes. is, means fouled up beyond all recognition. Yes. And so um, in the novel... This has gotten completely out of hand. Uh, the secret council that's supposed to be evaluating the aliens, and it's so secret, not even the president knows what they're doing. And uh, they regard the presidents as a transitory and dubious figures who pass in and out of history, and they continue. And, and so they're they, not? No, they're not subject to anybody anymore. They they uh, they consider themselves the most important people on Earth, actually, because they're negotiating with the most powerful entities on Earth, aliens. And so they, what usually happens in Washington D.C. when a when a very secret program goes completely haywire, like this, is there's a leak to the press, and so it it's leaked to these uh, two, um, of course, beautiful. Uh, news anchors on this, uh, like CNN or Fox News Network, and they want to be taken seriously as journalists, so they start investigating this thing. <laughs> and they bring it down. They managed to bring down the UFO cover-up in about six months. Yeah, in a perfect world. Well, Stephen Bassett is having a wet dream if he's here in this episode. What's that? Who's that? St- Stephen Bassett, who's the disclosure oh, guy. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's yes. having a wet dream. <laughs> he, he needs a well, hand. Some people, many people, have told me that the book have praised the book because it was the uh, the two heroines are so interesting. <laughs> okay, see what's going to happen on the internet now. They're going to say Gene Steinberg of the Paracast claims that Steve Bassett has a wet dream because they don't understand the distinction of being Over multiple the heroines people. in my novel. <laughs> All right, but seriously speaking, let's One move the novel to the One is a beautiful Asian, and the other is a beautiful blonde. In the novel, the um, the aliens, the Greys, are really bad news, and uh, uh, the only one of the real breaks in the thing is that the. Uh, it turns out the I won't give away the book, but this is a very this is the way the book begins is the Russians. <laughs> 
our friends, the Russians, discover an alien base in Siberia. Oh, boy. Let's get away from the Russians. And let's get on to our next segment with Dr. John Brandenburg. Right. And Gene and Chris and Secret Aliens. You're Secret in. alien bases. <laughs> Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV on Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. 
The Freeze Dry Guy presents Freeze Dry Turkey, Freeze Dried Ham, and the No Bake Casserole Unit February Sale. Listen, if you trust the Freeze Dry Guy as thousands have for their emergency food supply since 1970, don't wait to hear how great this deal is because it's unlimited supply. Call 866-404-3663 and ask for our new Turkey and Ham Unit. Normal retail price $359.94. Sale price $251.94. You save $108. And it's chock full of high quality, great tasting, freeze dried diced turkey and ham from Mountain House. The gold standard in long-term storage products. Or get the Freeze Dry Guys No Bake Casserole Unit. 153 servings per case at normal retail price of $215.94. Sale price $172.75. You save $43.19. But supplies are limited and we always pay shipping right to your door within the lower 48 states. Call 866-404-3663 and make freezedryguy.com a favorite and check for monthly specials. Don't miss the Freeze Dry Guys February sale. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. I don't know what to say. We have two segments left. Okay, the only way I could handle the craziness of the encounter between ufology and the real world that I know was in a science fiction scenario. But in the end, the UFO cover-up dies a violent, horrible death. I can promise you that. So I take it here that in the real world, such as it is, or our imitation of reality, you do not accept UFOs as possible visitors from elsewhere. Oh, oh, of course, as a scientist, I don't believe we're alone in the universe, and I don't believe we're the first people to develop space travel. So, do you believe we're important enough for them to come here and and do medical uh, experiments and leave our butt sore? Uh, for instance, do you you know what was at Roswell, New Mexico, in 1947, right? All of the nuclear weapons on Earth were stored at Roswell Army Air Base in 1947. It was the only it was the only place on the planet where we had. It was the only at that five Nagasaki style atomic bombs. Stored right, there. the 501st. first entire right? nuclear weapons stockpile of the of the entire planet. The elite of the there. elite bomber pilots and and crews of uh, you know, the Soon, soon to be Air Force, and I think at the time the Army Air Force. That's right. It was Army Air Force, and I met these guys. I was at a meeting where they brought together all the Roswell, you know, people who were still around back in the it was in the nineties, and met these guys. So I, I believe that the accounts from Roswell uh, are true. And uh, so there, that kind of answers what do I think about ufology in general. Uh, however, how can I put this delicately? Let's just say I was much more comfortable writing about it as science fiction than I was trying to write a real book analyzing it as, as fact. And you can just speculate as to why I would choose science fiction. We really don't have time to dwell on this. Let's yeah. just keep moving on. Let's just say the same kind of factors, forces in the universe that would mutilate somebody's cow and leave it there for them to find in the morning uh, would be the same sort of uh, intelligent beings that would blow up Mars, find a Bronze Age civilization there, and blow it up, just as an example. So, you know what our reaction must be? We must go up to Mars, find out exactly what happened, did the people on Mars know who did this to them? 
Did they have prior encounters with them? Did somebody show up in a big spaceship one day and say to the Martians, this is a real nice planet you have here. Can we have some bases here? And uh, maybe the uh, Martians did not give the answer required. Yeah, it sounds like they uh, they did not have the, the right ritualized response. Right. And so we have to go up to Mars. We have to become spacefaring. We have to become like Star Trek. We have to become like the uh, Imperial Starfleet in Star Wars. We have to build that. Don't. The sun's going to go supernova and the planet will be fried to a crisp or an asteroid's going to hit and wipe us all out? Well, how? What? the reason we can deal with an asteroid now, an asteroid threatens the Earth. Uh, and, and, and one of the threatening is this also has to be big. And I discussed this in a novel called Sepulveda. It's the prequel to Morningstar Past. Uh, we can blow it up. Uh, we we have plenty of nuclear weapons and plenty of rockets to deliver them. We yeah. are not, if this had happened, if we had discovered an asteroid in the 1940s or 30s on a collision course for Earth, there would be nothing we could do about it. We didn't well, have kiss our kiss like our our goodbye. That's right. That's what we would have done. Yeah. And uh, we could have had Hans Zarkov launch his rocket and see if he could kind of deflect it. Um, but all I'm saying is we have to become spacefaring now. We've sent out all these radio signals in, you know, in this cemetery, this ghost town that is the universe, where we've now found the remains of a murder victim, apparently. We have a little campsite in this ghost town. We're going out exploring. Ah, what do we find? somebody who apparently died of multiple stab wounds. And so we have been playing our stereos really loud here. We can't call back those radio signals. Uh, no. All we can do now is... But they've only spread, what, about 10 light years or something at this point, right? Oh, 50 light years. 50 light, light years, years. Okay. 100 light years. So, and the, the, remember, when you set off a nuclear weapon in the atmosphere, it puts out a particular bunch of radio waves and e electromagnetic pulse. Right. That, you can pick that up, too. So they know we'll have nuclear weapons. And so we have to get up there. We have to become spacefaring. We have to become like, we have to have the Starship Enterprise with Captain Kirk commanding um, and the uh, Imperial Starfleet, etc to face whatever the universe throws at us. But don't we also really need a Zephram Cochran, a scientist to invent warp drive and make it easier? Oh, well, we're working on that. You can have me back and talk about that on another show. I wrote another book called uh, Beyond Einstein's Unified Field. And um, Warp drive. Hmm. Warp drive. We need warp drive. Well, by the way, you don't need warp drive to defend the Earth. You just need big spaceships with nuclear power and big lasers and big hydrogen bomb missiles. I would think also that if excuse me, if ET used advanced nuclear weapons, you know they wouldn't be that far ahead of us. Now I'll give you the wacky theory that occurs to me, which has nothing to do with your that? book. Give me the wacky theory. All right, because we have about a couple of minutes left with this segment. Sure. Let me give you the wacky theory. The wacky theory is there was once on Earth. Thousands of years ago, a highly advanced civilization, Atlantis, Lemuria, we destroyed ourselves for whatever reason, but yep. we were a spacefaring race, and we went up 
to Mars and nuke them for whatever reason. We did it. Somebody, somebody suggested I should go to this conference and present this, and I knew the conference organizer, and I thought, I know what he'll say. He'll say that the United States government wiped out Mars. <laughs> Using time travel. <laughs> Some guy wrote a book claiming that the Army Corps of Engineers uh, dug the uh, Grand Canyon. <laughs> Probably the same guy. Anyway, I'll just say that, uh, you know, I grew up in a rough town. I can tell you, bullies do not like a real fight. That's the last thing they want. And, um, a, 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 you know, they're looking for a pushover. Uh, somebody shows up here with giant hydrogen bombs to drop on the earth and we're ready for them. They're they're They'll just leave. They'll just say, ah, <laughs> expedition canceled. Um, there's too much trouble. Yeah. Let's, let's hope it doesn't come to that. I mean, well, you know, uh, we're having a hard enough time just not destroying ourselves with all the violence and, and just fratricide well, this. In my, in my novel about the UFO cover-up, one of the characters says, uh, the Greys, people are talking about how smart the Greys are, and he says, the Greys can't be that smart if they came here. <laughs> they came maybe, here and were messing with us. Maybe they, they can't be that right. <laughs> maybe Nick Redfern in, the, in his book, Final Events, uh, The Collins Elite, you know, these these real sort of Christian uh, fundamentalists uh, within the government think that, that, that they're harvesting souls, that these are that these are demons harvesting our souls. And, and that uh, let me tell you something. Fear. If you explain anything about ufology to a Christian fundamentalist, they will immediately make the sign of the cross and go get their gun. That's what they'll do. <laughs> they're not the. Uh, uh, the reaction of uh, anyone who is a a Christian to the Greys and the stuff they've re- let's yeah, say the reported entities called the Greys and the reported things that they have done is to imagine these people as um, uh, children of the devil to be dispatched immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's dispatch this segment immediately and get to another one. With extreme prejudice. <laughs> hey. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
Are you hungry for delicious, nutritious, rich, and satisfying home-cooked meals? Discover the Vita Clay 4-in-1 Smart Organic Cooker. Unglazed Zisha Clay, an ancient secret that makes this fast multi-cooker so special. Infusing your food with incredible flavors, perfect texture, vitamins, and minerals for your good health. It's a slow cooker, rice cooker, a steamer, plus a yogurt maker. Go to VitaClayChef.com and enter promo code RADIO20 for 20% off at checkout. That's VitaClayChef.com. Attention listeners, SurvivalLife.com is giving away free EverStrike permanent matches for a limited time only. These matches are waterproof and will light in any weather condition, rain, snow, or sleet. It will still throw a spark. Its built-in ferro rod strikes at 3,000 degrees, and it is good for 15,000 strikes. Normally, $15. Today, it's free. Get yours at freesurvivallighter.com. Again, that's freesurvivallighter.com. Hurry, supplies are limited. Visit freesurvivallighter.com today. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, Expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health. A balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential. Reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177. 201-945-1177. EvolveYourself.com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. And we're extremely prejudicial on the Paracast as we dispatch the previous segment into our final one with Dr. John Brandenburg. All right. Death on Mars is the book. Chris, maybe you can sneak in a couple of more questions before we go. I, I would All right. To, there's some good ones. Here's, here's one from Leighton Causes, who's been a member since uh, just in January. And uh, he's wondering, uh, what is the best challenge or criticism of your ideas and who did it come from? And what can be done by way of further research or investigation to rebuke this criticism? Well, the criticism. 
criticisms I've Besides heard the obvious, are that, I'm sending a team there. <laughs> the, the criticisms I've heard are that, Brandenburg, you have taken a bunch of weird instances on the planet Mars, which is a different planet. And, you know, you have interpreted them, you know, as you, you put your interpretation on a bunch of coincidences. You know, they basically say, oh, yeah, well, uh, there was an asteroid that crashed on Mars and spread, you know, radioactive stuff on Mars. And Mars is a weird place, so it's got a lot of xenon 129. And, you know, they, they, they're yeah, basically. Yeah, but that's ludicrous. I know. Well, in fact, that, that, that doesn't fit the facts. I'm going to this conference, and I'm going to look at the other hypotheses that people have proposed, and basically show that they are not adequate. If there was a, like a big radioactive asteroid crashed on Mars, then there would be a big crater where the radiation is, and there's no crater. It's as smooth. It's one of the few places on Mars where there aren't any craters. I mean, it's of any size. Instead of a 200-mile-wide crater, there's nothing. And so if there was a big asteroid that was full of radioactive stuff that landed on Mars, it would have made a big crater. And it, there's no crater there. So that was one of the, that was one of the proposals. Well, Brandenburg, you, you know, there was some big radioactive asteroid that hit Mars. And I said, you know, and caused... Some of this stuff, and then the xenon one twenty nine. They say, well, <laughs> they said that's just a that's just a freak freak thing of Mars. You know, Mars is a weird planet. Yeah, deal with it. It's weird. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, no, they said a big a big asteroid of of iodine one twenty nine crashed on Mars and injected all the xenon then decayed into one twenty nine xenon one twenty nine, which you know you can. Okay, there's okay, and then I asked, well, where'd all the radioactive xenon iodine one twenty nine come from? And they said, Well, we don't have to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean no no you people you get people who just say, Oh, well, this is just it's Mars is a different planet, it's got yeah. this weird stuff. And, it just uh, can't be so. Well, it's you've got to admit it's a big thing to swallow. Yeah, and, you know, and then and then some people have said, "Why did you bring in Cydonia?" And I said, "Because I can read a map." Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue with the, the uh, new hotspots. Yeah, are correlated where where the civilization sites are found. And I said, "I can read a map." Am I supposed to ignore that? Yeah. And and so so those are the kind of criticisms I've encountered: is that the nuclear stuff can be as a as a bunch of weird coincidences and uh you know it's kind of like you find a dead body in your backyard and somebody shows up and says ah natural causes so please pay no more attention yeah uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, don't uh, you know don't if you know what's good for you you won't ask any questions about this yeah these things happen yeah, just, all the time. just ignore those two big knife wounds just ignore the big one knife wounds in the body yeah and so anyway i'm going to the conference and I'm just going to talk about the nuclear data and the right. evidence for the big explosion. I'm just calling the, uh, for the sake of the conference, I'm just calling it anomalous, you know, unknown. That's cause. probably a smart way to go. Well, if you can isolate the most quantitative part of this argument from the, you know, 
when you get into the Cydonia pictures, you know, those are automatically controversial. Yeah, people's eyes glaze so, over. Yeah, I've shown and... them pictures of all of the, the, latest, the, the new pictures from Cydonia, and they say, I don't even see a face. Yeah, well, there, there, there's, there is some question how, how accurate those photographs are that they I may have nothing, been messed with. You know, and uh, I remember showing an imaging expert the tapes from the, the shuttle. He offered, I mentioned this to him, and he said he was an expert at enhancing tapes. And I remember, so I went to his house and I brought a videotape from the shuttle downlinks and showed him some of the stuff, and he says, that's strange. He says, I don't see anything unusual in these tapes. <laughs> huh. So I finished my beer. He, you know, we were both sitting there looking, drinking a beer and looking at, he just said, I don't see anything unusual on these tapes. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And I finally realized, no, he doesn't see anything. Yeah. And so I just thanked him for his time. It's like like Colonel, uh, who's the guy in Hogan's Hero? I see oh, yeah, it was he, he was doing a Sergeant Schultz. Right Sergeant Schultz. <laughs> He was well, obviously here's here's another question before we go here. I've got a bunch of questions I wanted to get to, but you've mentioned before in the past that uh, we really could use a commercially viable hybrid fusion fission reactor. How close do you think we are to oh, that? We could. Uh, we have the technology to to build that. Well, why aren't we doing right that? now? Are the gas uh, oil companies well, fusion that is good enough? And the uh, the fission engineering, you know, is the same as for a regular water cooled reactor. So right. I think we can, we can solve the energy crisis. Well, I mean, they, they uh, just hydrogen. I mean, gosh, just, just unfortunately, as you've noticed, the price of gas going up and down. We are not exactly in control of who of the energy supply in this country. Well, we're up until this last, uh, you know. Some people would call it a catastrophic events in the oil industry. We are the largest exporter of, of uh, petroleum and, and petroleum products. Yep. But we're not in control. It doesn't matter. Just a fast question or a final question, Dr. Brandon. Sure. All right. What are the chances that we're going to really go to Mars and figure this out anytime in our lifetimes? I mean, now we're talking about 2035. And I can bet if we're still around in 2035, they'll be talking 2045. No, no. I think this is going to be solved. Uh, you wake up one morning and suddenly people are saying, okay, we're going to Mars and we're landing in Cydonia. That's the way it'll, that'll happen. They'll just say, oh, oh, by the way, we're landing at Cydonia, Menzik. <laughs> And we're doing it next week. Dr. Brandenburg, where can we find more of the stuff that you talk and write about? Uh, let's see. We can find, uh, well, I wrote the science fiction novels under a pen name, Victor Norgard. You can find that at Amazon.com. Amazon.com. You can find everything I've written okay. under uh, either Brandenburg or Victor Norgard is my pen name for science fiction. You can find how to get a copy of Stalking the Tricksters by Christopher O'Brien by going to plus.thepowercast.com, P-L-U-S dot thepowercast.com. There you can subscribe to our new service, The Powercast Plus. And you can subscribe for one month for $5. 
a year for $50, five years for $175. Those who subscribe for one year or five years get the free ebook version of Stalking the Tricksters from Chris O'Brien. Subscribers also get the ad-free version, free of network ads, of the Paracast, a higher resolution copy. So when Chris does the Paracast at the end of each or most of our segments, you hear it clear as a bell right there, like he's sitting there talking at you, well, in mono anyway. All right. Also, the After the Paracast podcast, also coming a Paracast plus video channel, plus.theparacast.com. On Twitter, we are the Paracast. On Facebook, there are two Paracast fan clubs. Don't ask us to get rid of one because you have to kill all the content. (laughs) This is what we learned from Facebook. You can't just merge two separate clubs or groups or anything. You have to give up one, the contents, even though members will carry over. Not a good thing. Chris has a good thing. OurStrangePlanet.com. OurStrangePlanet.com. It's his blog with updated news about his research. You can also order the print copy and the ebook versions of his books there. And if you buy a print book, he'll autograph it for you. How about them apples? John Brandenburg, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Hey, Gene, Chris, great honor to be on your show. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.